Welcome to this series of scam special programs. Today we're going to talk about phishing scams. Now this is nothing to do with fish or sitting by a riverbank. It's where criminals impersonate your bank or credit card company or high street retailer or utility company or the government and try to get your personal information. My name is David Gemitus and I created the Fightback Online service on the internet and the Fightback Ninja blog and character who appears on my radio shows on Brooklyn's radio, warning people about later scams. Scammers and scams are sadly very common on the internet, in emails, text messages and phone calls to businesses and to all of us. With the help of the Fightback Ninja and some friends, we're going to explain the most common phishing scams and help you to stay safe online. We will cover the PayPal phishing scam, the TSB bank phishing scam, account approved scam, Facebook phishing scam, women's clothes special offer scam, Gmail phishing scam, government gateway phishing scam and more. Then we'll look at variants called spear phishing and cat phishing, then vishing and smishing and I'll explain how to spot these phishing attempts in any form and finally how you can protect yourself against these evil criminals. So let's get started. Fishing scams. Now, the word fishing came about in 1996 from the idea of anglers using a lure to trap fish, and now criminals use lures, generally an email, to trap online users. So fishing is a scam where criminals sent out emails pretending to be from banks, credit card companies, retailers, utility companies, eBay and others, and they usually try to trick you into going to their website, which will be a copy of the real company website, but will steal your login and password and or other confidential details. They trick you by making the email look genuine and urgent or important. It might say, your account is locked, or there's been suspicious activity on your account, or your password must be changed, or something similar. Anything to catch your eye and make you do what they want you to. Now, I I mentioned emails, but it's also about websites, text messages, voice messages, and so on. So we'll come to those. Now, to start with, here's a simple and very common phishing scam, the PayPal scam. PayPal phishing. Now, a high percentage of the population have a PayPal account, and if the scammers can get that login and password, they can essentially empty your bank account or run your credit card up to the Mac. This phishing scam hides under the guise of helpfully managing your security. So the message looks like a genuine PayPal email normally, and says in big letters something like, PayPal is looking out for you. It warns you your account is temporarily blocked for a safety check. To add authenticity, the message contains graphics copied from genuine PayPal emails, and it looks professional. Then it has more stuff about essential security than the all-important link for you to click to restore your account. Now, this is fake, of course. The message is from a random-sounding domain such as erlaoka.com, which is obviously not PayPal. And if you're in a hurry, it can be easy to just click the link without stopping to think about whether it's genuine or not. But if you click the link, you're going to be scammed. Another example, the TSB phishing scam. This is an example that takes advantage of what's in the news. So uh, a while ago, TSB Bank made a lot of mistakes and ended up with many customers unable to access their own account. Their IT systems were in disarray and had a lot of angry customers as they struggled to sort things out. Scammers do love a bandwagon to jump on and created huge numbers of phishing emails trying to catch TSB customers. So a typical such email claimed to be from TSB and the title was something like, Your account is locked. Log on and manage your TSB account now and savings online. View the e-document attached to proceed. The attached document wasn't an e-document. It was actually a web page which looked like a TSB bank login screen and asked for your login details. For anyone who did log in, the details were sent to the scammer who could then either sell those details or try to defraud you herself. Do not be fooled. Let's move on with another very common phishing message. This is the account approved phishing scam. You received an email from customer service that says something like, your account has been approved. Okay, that sounds good. Hang on a minute, an account where? I didn't apply for one. The email doesn't specify company name. There's loads of stuff about IDs and passwords and congratulations and so on. And the link they want you to click seems to be to account-uk.ga slash uk slash account. Now the .ga bit means the website is actually registered in Gabon, West Africa. Unless you've requested an account in Gabon, it's going to be a scam. 
The lack of a business name and the registration in West Africa points to the whole thing being fake. Plus the simple fact I haven't applied for any new accounts and hence cannot have been approved for an account I actually want. The temptation with these emails is to click to find out what, what it's all about, but don't be tempted. It's just a simple phishing scam whereby the website link takes you to a page that asks for more personal information. Plus, if you click that link, it'll marks you out as being a gullible person suitable to be targeted for future scams. These scams often name a well-known bank of other financial organisation, large retailer, Apple, Microsoft or someone like that. It's all just scam. Do not click the links in these emails. Now with these examples you can see the scammer tries to trick you to click a link and give up personal information. That's what phishing is all about. It's dangling that lure and seeing who bites. Maybe you can spot most of these phishing attempts straight off, but if the scammer gets lucky and the message matches something the recipient was expecting, then that's dangerous. Would you expect to find phishing on Facebook, for example? The Facebook phishing scam. Now you receive what looks like an official notification from Facebook saying your account has been frozen or there has been unauthorised use or comments that break the rules or something similar sounding. Quote, your page has been reported by others about this abuse. This is a violation of our agreement and may result in your page being disabled. Please verify your email account to prove this is your page and help us to do more for security and comfort for everyone. Please check your account as proof of legitimate owner of the account that you use. Make sure you enter the correct details below. Now this message as an example, has boxes for recipients to enter email address and their Facebook password along with date of birth and a confirmation button. But it's all linked to a bogus Facebook page. After providing that sign-on information, victims have then asked for their credit card number. The message warns, caution, if you do not update your credit card number, your payment page will be disabled. Sometimes there's a link to a phony PayPal sign-on page as well. Now, these phishing attempts can usually be spotted easily, but there is a new phishing scam. This is a form of a comment on an item on a user's Facebook page. The scammer creates an account with, official, with an official-sounding security-related name, so the victim may believe the comment has actually come from Facebook. The comment maker then warns that the user account is to be disabled unless the user verifies their details. Now, this can be a complex and well-executed scam, but hopefully the poor wording and grammar will flag it up for what it really is, fake. Even if Facebook stops this scam, other scammers will likely try something similar. Facebook has pages of information and guidance about security and what to do in the event you think there was something suspicious in progress. But the point is, be wary. Even on, on social media pages, there are scammers there. Hello, I'm Suzanne, and I'm going to pause for a minute and consider the psychology of scamming. Question. Would you fall for these phishing scams we've described? Or have you fallen for anything similar in the past and learnt your lesson? If you have, does that mean you're stupid? No. Gullible? No. Particularly susceptible to scams? No. It's human nature to trust. We want to trust people, especially when they're offering us something we want or need. It's nice to trust, but we have to be aware that there are many people who try to take advantage of that trust to steal from us. The answer is not in distrusting everyone, but being careful, face-to-face, -face, on the phone, and especially online, because it's faceless. It could be anyone sending you messages, or those who have built that website. Think very carefully before submitting your confidential information to anyone online. Now, maybe you've received a, a message that tells you that your account has been compromised and that you must log in to reclaim it. This could be true, but more than likely, it's a typical scammer message. So you need to verify that message before inputting any information. For example, go to the source, go to the bank. If it's your bank, then go to them and say, did you send this to me? Uh, they will often find a different way to get to you if they really need to. 
Now, scammers often use fear to make us react the way they want us to, and most importantly, to react quickly without taking the time to consider the truth of what's being claimed. So many people these days lead very busy lives, and it can be easy just to click the button without due care or attention. But the result of that moment's inattention can be very unfortunate consequences. Also, we're used to authorities telling us what to do. If a message appears to be from Facebook, for example, telling you that your account has broken their rules and you must log in to resolve that matter, then we're likely to listen. But if you stop and check, the message is probably fake. It's not really from Facebook, just from some scammer with a Facebook account. If you've fallen for a scam, don't feel bad. People from all walks of life and levels of education fall for scams all the time. Now we'll cover tips on how to stay safe from scams later on. Now let's take a look at another example: women's clothes special offer fishing scam. In this scam, it's not a trusted organisation, just an instant sale of typical women's clothes, shoes, accessories, that kind of thing. The scammer uses anything to get you to click on the link. The most recent such emails to the radio station have been for Michael Kors handbags at 70% off and for UGG boots at 70%. Sometimes these adverts are very well crafted and sometimes really basic, but they all have the same intention to get you to click on a link which looks harmless but isn't. Clicking gets you to a website asking for your details. Then the scammer's got you. They've got your information to abuse and to sell on to other criminals. Now, once the scammer has a login and a password, they can plunder that account. But they also try using that same login and password on all the big retail sites. They know that many people use the same login and passwords for many accounts. That can prove very expensive. Always use strong passwords and protect them. Gmail phishing scam. Now, scammers have long used Hotmail, Yahoo, and Yandex email accounts. And those of many other smaller email providers, but seldom use Gmail as it's more difficult to create fake Gmail accounts. However, people trust Gmail more, so the scammers are now creating and using more Gmail accounts. Here's the scam: number one, you receive an email from someone you know and open it. Number two, it contains a message and an attached file. As you know, the person who sent the message, you open the attached file without thinking. Three, when you click the attachment, you are redirected to what seems to be the Gmail sign-in page, and you enter your login and password. Four, the result is not what you expect. You have, in fact, given your login and password to a scammer on a fake web page made to look like a Gmail login screen. Five. The attachment that is sent isn't actually an attachment; it's just an image of an attachment, which links to a fake Gmail sign-in page. When you enter your Gmail login details, it sends them to the scammer, and she has instant access to your email account. Six. As the scammer can access your account, she can send emails that appear to be from you, and hence it's easier for her to convince people who know you to give her their confidential information. And thus the cycle continues, with more people being targeted. The dangers. There's a lot a scammer can do with your email address, as most websites use it as an ID. Most websites have a forgotten password feature, so if the scammer uses that, they get the reset password message, 
and hence can change your password. Getting access to your own account then becomes seriously difficult. The government gateway phishing scam. Even government websites are used in phishing scams. The government gateway is a service that gives you access to online government. You have to register on Gateway to create an account, then you have access to a range of online services including state pension online, driver licensing online, gambling tax online and hundreds more. This is to avoid people having to register for each of the government services separately and having numerous logins and passwords. This phishing scam is not designed to find out your current Gateway login and password, but to get you to create one at the scammer's website while believing it to be the Gateway website. This will give the scammer your confidential information, which can be sold, but also provides answers to the questions that Gateway asks a new person registering. Hence, the scammer can create a Gateway login in your name and access those government services and claim money, etc. This could really damage someone's life. The emails use enticements to get you to want to fill in the details. For example, an email arrives that claims to be from HMRC and that you are owed a tax refund of £424.26 and you just need to register to claim it. The bottom half of the email is text copied from the HMRC website intended to make the email look authentic. As usual, the message to take from this is do not click on links in emails and always think before inputting any confidential information. If you want to register on Government Gateway, then find the official website at www.gateway.gov.uk and register there. Stay safe, people. Now, over to the Fightback Ninja. Okay, now let's look at vishing and smishing, which are derivatives of online phishing. So first of all, vishing. Now, vishing is the name for phishing activities that are carried out by telephone. It's also called voice phishing, hence phishing. Con artists phone people and pretend to be bank staff or the police or some other authority figure and have a story that lets them try to get the subject's personal details, credit card details, bank account, password and so on, depending on the specific scam. The one that's most in the news is the bank account scam. The criminal phones and says they're from your bank. Sometimes they know which bank you're with but mostly they simply guessed one of the big banks, and if you say you don't bank with them, they just put the phone down and then phone the next person on their list. But also, the following day, you get a call from another scammer who's guessed a different bank, and so it goes on. Now, the scammer will typically warn you of fraudulent activity on your account. Someone has accessed your account, and the bank need to move your money to make it safe again. So they persuade you to move your account to a safe place which happens to be an account owned by the scammer, and they convince you to give them the details necessary for the transfer or convince you to move the money yourself. So it sounds like you did the right thing, protected your account. But that new account is not yours. It belongs to the scammer, and once your money is in there, it's then moved out of the bank to somewhere untraceable very quickly. Now, it may be days before you realise what's happened. You tell your bank, and they will try to retrieve your money, but that can be difficult or impossible. One trick commonly used by the scammers is to tell you to phone your bank to confirm that your money must be moved. But what the scammer does is they stay secretly on the line quietly and you try dialing and you end up speaking to another member of their team, pretending to be the bank employee, confirming the situation. Some scammers are sophisticated enough to use voice over IP lines that enable them to display a calling number of their choice on your phone display and it may look like your actual bank phone number. 
There are lots of variants on, on this illegal activity, but be careful and verify who's calling you and always take the time to think. Do not be pushed into doing something that could turn out badly for you. The bank account scam is the most common one, but the phishing scam can also offer a prize or a reward of some kind or pose as an employee of the water company and gas company and so on, checking your details or asking you about having a new meter installed. Any excuse really to solicit personal information from you. That's phishing, also called voice phishing. Smishing. Now, smishing is the name for when criminals use phishing techniques via text messages. SMS, phishing, smishing. Now, you might wonder how, how a criminal can con you by text message, but the text message is just a starter to get you to phone them about a problem with your account or special offer or anything to get you to log in on their website, simply to tell them your login and password, date of birth and so on. Now, it can also be to get you to download a piece of malware, for example, pretending there's a safety issue with your smartphone and they need to correct it. Do not trust such messages. Always stop and think before taking any action that could compromise your personal information. Not smishing, phishing, starting with text messages. Now over to Graham. I'm Graham, and I'm going to tell you about two specialised types of fizzing, spear fizzing and cat fizzing. Let's start with spear fizzing. A fizzing scam where the criminals target specific individuals is called spear fizzing. For example, an email arrives claiming to be from a trustworthy source, and the sender knows your full name, job title and department. The scammer has done their homework to get this information about you and to give the scam a higher chance of success. A link in the message takes you to a bogus website made to look like the suspected website and the fake website only exists to take the user's confidential information and pass it to the scammer. These emails often use clever tactics to get victims' attention. For example, the FBI warned of spear-fizzing scams where the emails appeared to be from the National Centre for Missing and Exploited Children. Cyber criminals employed individually designed approaches and social engineering techniques to effectively personalise messages and websites. Now, as a result, even high-ranking targets within organisations, like top executives, can find themselves opening emails they thought were safe. And that slip-up enables the cyber criminals to steal the data they need in order to attack their computer networks. That's spear fizzing. Now let's look at cat fizzing. Now there are no cats hurt in the creation of this story. Cat fizzing is more specialised form of spear fizzing where just one person is targeted and the scammer creates a whole network of apparent contacts as part of fake characters' life. This kind of scam can take months to set up and operate and is only viable if the target possesses very valuable information that can be sold by the scammers, for example, for industrial espionage purposes. Catfizzing is also used in romance scams on dating websites where the information they gather before contacting the victim lets them set themselves up as the perfect partner. Catfizzing is usually through online dating websites and social media, and it's becoming more of a problem as more of our lives are online. It's easier for someone to be able to get a person's details and fake an identity that matches. Once the attacker brings the victim into their confidence, she typically has a reason for needing money, for travel, to meet in person, or just being robbed or to pay medical bills or to cover an emergency. 
Catfishing can be emotionally damaging in romance scams where the victim finds out that the person they've fallen in love with doesn't exist and the whole thing, including their feelings, are fake. Now, how to spot catfishing attempts? 1. A too-good-to-be-true situation. The person is highly attractive and available. 2. The person appears suddenly as if from nowhere. 3. He or she has excuses why they cannot phone or use Skype or FaceTime, anything that reveals their true face or voice. 4. He or she gets serious too quickly. And 5. That request for money and a story to justify it is the clincher. Stay safe. Now here's a true story of catfizzing. Thomas Brewster of Forbes published the story of how hackers can catfist a Deloitte's employee in 2016. The attacks are believed to have been carried out by the Iranian government. Mirash is a fictional woman created online in July 2016. Mir's controllers targeted a Deloitte cybersecurity employee, engaging him through social networks in conversations about his job. As the online relationship grew, the employee offered to help his new friend Mia set up a website for her alleged business. Eventually, the controller behind Mia exploited the positive rapport to convince the Deloitte employee to open a malicious document sent by Mia on his work computer. The Mia Ash persona was built on the photos and profile information of a real woman from Romania, Christina Mattel. With alluring images and active aviators across Facebook, WhatsApp and LinkedIn, Mia was a very convincing fraud. Mia was convincing enough to gain the internet friendship of the cybersecurity professional and after sending messages for months convincing him to open a file supposedly containing some photos of her on a work laptop, fortunately for Deloitte, the malware inside didn't make it onto the company network. To Deloitte's credit, its cybersecurity protections prevented the malware from reaching its network. An attack like this takes a lot of time to prepare and execute, and the attacker must believe there is something of sufficient value to be gained to make all that effort worthwhile. And that's how cat fizzing happens. Let's move on and with some statistics on fizzing. Starting with UK government fizzing attacks. Now, the top 10 government brands are frequently attacked through fizzing scams. And for example, HM Revenue and Customs is the most popular with 16,000 attacks and greater than 2,000 groups making those attacks. Gov.uk has 1,500 fizzing sites. TV Licensing, 172. DVLA, 107. Government Gateway, 46. Crown Prosecution Service, 43. Student Loan Company, 19. Student Finance Direct, 13. And even the BBC has eight fizzing sites. There's also a statistic on how long these attack sites stay online before they're stopped. Now that's around 10 to 15 hours usually, which is pretty quick work really by the government in stopping them. All genuine government websites end in .gov.uk. And a question. Which organisations outside of governments are most often targeted by phishing scammers? Well, let's have a look and see what the percentage of phishing messages are for these companies. Apple's at the top here with 25% of phishing messages. Microsoft, 17%. Google Drive, 13%. USAA, 12%. PayPal, 11%. Adobe, 6%. 
Dropbox 5%, Blackboard 5%, LinkedIn 5% and Capital One Bank 2% of phishing messages. According to the survey, scammers seem to have the most success when fizzing with Dropbox, as that gets far more clicks, 13%, than, say, fizzing for Apple at 1%. The fact that fake invoices are used in 26% of fizzing scams is not surprising, as it's the most popular fizzing technique aimed at businesses. The next most common approaches are 1. Malware-infected file attachments 2. Mail delivery failure messages 3. Fake orders and 4. Fake payments Now that's just a few statistics to show how ingrained this kind of attack has become. Stay safe. Now we come on to how to spot phishing attempts. No reputable company will ask for personal details such as passwords, credit card details, mother's maiden name or anything like that by email. So if you do get such a request, refuse. Phishing emails will usually have one or more of the following indications. Number 1. Typing and grammatical errors. Many scam emails are translated from another language and often that leaves a telltale of poor grammar and odd use of words. Anything with typing errors shows lack of professionalism and it's unlikely to be found in an email from a reputable company. Also, some scammers deliberately put grammatical errors in messages to reduce the number of return messages that they get. Number 2. An attachment. Never click to open an attachment unless you are sure it's safe. Attached files can contain viruses and other malicious code that can damage your computer, steal confidential information or hold you to ransom. If the company is one that you already deal with, then contact that company to check the email and attachment are safe. 3. Links. A link to a document or a web page may look as if it's safe, but if you hover the cursor over the link, then it may well display a different value and not what you expect. If this is different to the text showing on the page, then clearly something is wrong and potentially unsafe. If in doubt, do not click on any links in the email, contact the company or go to the company website and check your account or just delete the message. 4. Don't fall for stories. If an email appears to me from a family member or friend in trouble, don't reply immediately. Check the truth of the story first of all by other means. 5. The email from address. Check the email sender's address. If it's clearly something made up or inappropriate, such as offshow28.br or metalxfinishers.com or agentcoffeesupplies.ru, then it's likely to be a scam email. Or, the sender's email address is different from the trusted organisation's website address. For example, an email is supposedly from Barclays Bank, but the email address is fred.smith at barclays99247.com. That is not Barclays Bank. Or the email is sent from a completely different address or free webmail address such as Hotmail, Yahoo, Google Mail and so on. Companies never send out email from these kinds of personal addresses. 6. The email to address. If the email is from a reputable company that you already deal with, then it should show your correct name. If it shows nothing or two recipients or to an unknown name, then the email is almost certainly a spam message sent out to a large number of people. So beware. 7. The greeting. If the email does not use your proper name but uses a general greeting such as dear sir or madam or dear customer, that tells you something is wrong. 8. An implied threat. The scammers always want a quick response so they push to get that. Quote, you must reply within 24 hours. And those kind of instructions should spark warning bells. 9. The friend phishing scam. Beware of messages claiming to be from a friend but that seem odd, seem like that person would never write it in that way. Don't trust. 10. You smell a rat. If there's anything in an email that strikes you as out of place, then treat it as suspicious and verify whether it's genuine or not. Certainly don't click any links or open any documents. Take care generally with your online communication as you would face-to-face with somebody. And that's how to spot phishing attempts. 
the employee phishing test. Now, it's all very well to create procedures and train your staff in how to avoid phishing scams, but how do you check if that actually works? One way is through simulated phishing attacks, and a company called YouSecure Limited specialises in just that. YouSecure carry out phishing simulations on behalf of their client companies in order to see what the level of response would be, and hence what actions might need to be taken. For example, a typical employee on a weekday afternoon busy with the last task of the day receives an email with the title, Holiday Policy Change Action Required. When an email with this title was sent out to the employees of one of YouSecure's clients, 78% of them opened the email which was a phishing scam. By the end of the day, 39% of the recipients had been duped into giving up their email passwords. Luckily for the client, the email was only a simulation, but it's a frighteningly high message open rate and response rate and shows just how dangerous phishing emails can be when created by experts. So simulated phishing means to create and send out what look like genuine company emails, but are designed simply to get employee passwords in this case. The title could be anything that gets a reaction. For example, your holiday has changed. New IT security procedures, employee bonus announced, a complaint has been made against you, and so on. Now you can see how easy it is to be caught out. It's clear that employees must understand all about phishing messages and how to stay safe. In conclusion, for small businesses as well as large corporations, it's important that someone in the company keeps up to date with phishing trends and other types of cybercrime. Now this completes our look at phishing scams today. We've looked at the PayPal phishing scam, the TSB bank phishing scam, account approved scam, Facebook phishing scam, women's clothes special offer scam, Gmail phishing scam, government gateway phishing scam, and we've looked at variants called spear phishing and cat phishing, also vishing and smishing, and government brands that get attacked a lot. And we've explained how to spot those phishing attempts in any form. So thank you for listening today. I do hope you find this helpful. If you want to contact me, you can do it at Brookins Radio Station. The email address is studio at brookinsradio.co.uk or via the Fightback Ninja blog at fightback.ninja, or the Fightback Online service at fightbackonline.org. Stay safe, take care.